This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German, forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for This is Live at Five, Live at Hello. Five, Live at Five. Good, good, day. Thursday, uh, September 1st. Can you believe it? Yep. Boy, whenever I was a kid, September was a bad word. Oh, yeah, listen to this guy. That's a bad word. Exterminate. September's here, and so are the happenings. See you. Later this September, yeah. When this song is... Oh, whatever. I have a little story about that song. It cost this company or the last company some money. See you in September, 1960. No, it's not like Ralph Cramden. It's all over now. There was two of them. Uh, Frank Sinatra, 1949. See you in September was a song... Uh, Welcome to the show was a great song from the 60s, like so many. You can't compare. I mean, the music today is so much better than what we had back in the day, you know? Call you on my cell phone. How many times do you have to hear that? See You in September by The Happenings. Uh, One Hit Wonder, I don't know if they had another, you know, if Ken Martin were in here, he'd, he'd tell me yes or no on that one. Great song. And I took the liberty of uh, taking that song and putting it in the background of a, of a, of a business that, by the way, ironically, uh, 30 years later, is still open. And I just did a commercial for them today. It used to be called Suzuki North on and out of Washington Street. Now it's Watertown Power Sports. So uh, anyway, long story short, I used that music bed uh, as, as the theme. You know, CEU, because they were having an event in September. And sure enough... Uh, someone was apparently driving down the road on Route 81, heard it, and reported it to uh, n- neither ASCAP or BMI, but some guy who claimed that he was in the uh, the, the music business, and uh, he was uh, you know he was he was a clever dude, and uh, he called up and says, "Oh, you have just broken summers. This is awful. I could sue you. This, that, and the other thing." And it's the first time I've ever encountered anything of that nature. Was I in the wrong? I don't even know if I was in the wrong because today, under Jim, Jim Levin rules, uh, we've been breaking that rule ever since he got here. He, he's been here since 2006. But in 2000, rather, check that, 1992, literally th- 30 years ago this month, I, uh, I, I remember t- returning home from, uh, from my uh, Aunt Rita's funeral. She died at 72 years old of cancer. I don't know why I know this. She died on my brother's birthday in October of that year, and I went down to Brooklyn. And I came back, and uh, sure enough, I heard the news that so-and-so, I forget his name now, Irish gentleman, <coughs> not really, 
uh, called up the station looking for answers and looking for money. And uh, Dave Mant, of course, got involved. And at the end of the day, they got $2,000. And uh, Dave uh, 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 passed the guy's name on to the uh, the president of the New York State Broadcasters Association. If I'm, not if I'm not mistaken, his last name was Murphy. And Murphy wanted to kindly write an article about the guy just so other radio stations can beware. But the guy never did. They did write an article about it. And the headlines read, this is when radio was more, you know, relevant than it is. I mean, I'm, I'm, it is relevant today. Don't get me wrong. But the organization around radio, especially the New York Association of Broadcasters, it was actually a legitimate group of people. It had a panel of people. They met six months, every six months of the year. They had a monthly letter. And in that article, it said, see you in September or we'll see you in court. The article didn't read much because they didn't get any comments from the gentleman that, that uh, we responded to. But that raises some things about this industry because I, I, I went to other events over the years, courtesy of uh, Dave Mance. So we would go to places like Atlanta or, or Dallas. And even back then, and that was over 16 years ago, you could see the decline of the organization of radio itself. Now, now again, and I have to stress, and I have to emphasize, not radio itself. You know, the, the world has changed a gazillion times. But the radio used to be so much more structured. Uh, you know, it, it was a proud thing to go to a, an RAB convention. And that has since been combined with the NAB. They don't even do it anymore. And it's like one of so many things. And if you're in an industry that you've been in for a long time, you probably have seen the differences too. Uh, times have changed. And then, of course, on top of that, you have COVID in the last couple, couple of years. So a lot of companies will just blame their failures. Oh, it's COVID. That's why. There's so many choices. Oh. I'm happy to say that Jim Levin is still living in the 80s and 90s. We're doing exceptionally well here. Uh, thanks for him putting a Bunsen burner under every, everyone's butt every now and then. I learned a lot from Jim. Uh, yeah, he's a liberal guy, but he allows me to say what I espouse every day. And uh, he is a real radio guy. And there's no doubt about it. And I thought the same about Dave Manson. I was in, and I, I, I think that now. But Dave kind of gave up on the business back in 2006. And uh, Jim uh, p brought it to a new level. So I learned a lot from him. Uh, and I brought that across town at one point or another and uh, tried to motivate people. That it did work. But at the same time, it's just difficult because I read all these articles today. I read an article earlier on News Junkie, spelled with a big fat Z dot com, on how uh, a member of the Watertown uh, Police Department can't believe he can't find enough people. Uh, and and uh, I believe St. Lawrence County or Messina, Augensburg are having a hard time getting people to uh, be part of their, their force up there, too. Uh, their, their jail uh, process is, is, is difficult to operate because they're, so, they, they, they're not manned correctly. And think about that. Now they're out there, out and about, you know, hiring basically anybody. I mean, I shouldn't say anybody. Anyone with a heartbeat and the strength enough to, like, uh, you know, take a prisoner from the, sh from the I'm assuming, uh, from where they're being incarcerated to the courthouse, to the doctor's. You know, you got to be good for that. You have, you know, you have to be in good shape. You have to, you have to respect the law. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a level of of you know of, of uh, the, the, where you have to be. But that's that, that, it. Seems like if you're going to be a criminal, this is the perfect time to be a criminal. I never thought that I would ever say that because you know you, you you can't be a serial killer anymore because of GPS and cameras everywhere. But you can be a criminal now and get away with things. I saw a violent video of someone getting hit over repeatedly. He's still in the hospital, uh, somewhere down in Brooklyn in the New York area. It happened a couple weeks ago. 
and it's broad daylight, and one guy's beating up the other guy with a baseball bat. The other two are taking stuff from him because that's you know that's the way certain people operate. You do the bashing, and I do the stealing. And at the end of the uh, report, it said these people have yet to be identified and arrested. One obviously leads to the other. And I'm like, wow, broad daylight. Three, you could clearly see their faces. You could see their height. You know, you could put that out there on a website down there, like a news junkie in New York City. Can you identify these people? And that was like a couple of weeks ago. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. So congratulations. You are officially, if you're a criminal or criminal-minded, uh, this is a good time to get away with stuff because it's definitely happening. While I say that, uh, great anticipation tonight, and I don't know, and I should know this as a so-called host, that President Joe Biden is going to have uh, a, a little bit of a conversation. So I'm not going to call it a, uh, a fireside chat, but I believe he's doing it from the Oval Office. I could be wrong. Maybe he's not. I don't think it's going to be a press conference because he's not a- a- accepting any questions. He's doing st- such a stellar job. Why would he have to answer any questions? It's like that bum running for a senator in uh, the state of uh, Pennsylvania. Why would he do a debate with Dr. Oz when he's up by double digits? Why would he do that? Now, in the case of Joe Biden, our president, he's, you know, his approval ratings are abysmal. But uh, why exasperate things? Why make it worse? Why throw gasoline in the fire and answer questions? Someone asked him the other day, it's like, geez, isn't this unfair to the people that did pay for their student loans? And he turned around. And he blamed it on, you know, corporate society or some half-assed answer. But tonight, he's going to reiterate what he's been saying for now a couple of weeks or months, whichever. But he's 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 doubled down. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna double down on what he has been stating in recent, uh, uh, in, you know, interviews or appearances where, you know, it, our our world problems or the country's problems aren't in inflation. Uh, it's it's not with uh, uh, you know the high crime rates in our cities. It has nothing to do with the open border policy that is bringing in fentanyl here and killing 300 people a day. It's not the imminent threat of China and Taiwan. It's not that at all. It's, it's, it's Glenn Curry. Glenn Curry is the problem with the capital P. Glenn Curry is, a, is, is part of a, a growing number of people who support Republican values who is a conservative, not entirely, by the way. I am pro-choice, and I, I, I'm up for gay marriage because I can't imagine a gay, gay guy you know, marrying a, a woman to be miserable for the rest of his life, and I just think it makes sense to keep people happy. And any conservative who thinks differently is, is wrong in that category. So you know, I, I see both sides of the major issues. But I am a Trump supporter, and I just can't stand what's going on with this country. That's my, that's my constitutional right. But Glenn Curry is the enemy to the nation. And Joe Biden will explain tonight why. Tomorrow, if I do the show, I, I, I got the I got the basketball, I checked out the football game tomorrow night. I got to be in Carthage. I'm still not feeling great. Just as a footnote, I wasn't here yesterday because of a migraine. And I'm, I'm just listless. I don't know what it is. I'm getting it checked out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see uh, another doctor, see what's going on here. But tomorrow's up in the air, so to speak. But anyway, I, if, if I am here tomorrow, obviously I'll have a lot to talk about. Because tonight is the speech. I believe it's on at, what, 8 or 9 o'clock? I can't remember. I should know this. But I've been running around doing things, and uh, I just I am, believe it or not, anticipating this. Yankees aren't playing. Therefore, I won't see them lose again like they did last night. Uh, but I am, I, I, I am interested in seeing what—I'm always interested in what the president says. Who wouldn't be? But it's just fascinating what's going on in the world.
It really, truly is. And I again, I said it from the outset. I'll say it again and again. I just can't do the double standard and say, hey, why do they get away with it? Why can they say it? We can't. President Joe Biden said something to the effect the other day that uh, he was in a neighborhood. He was the only white guy there. And that if you went to events like this particular basketball event, you knew only the best players in the state of Pennsylvania were going there. And, of course, you could see people cringe in the background. One of them appeared to be uh, like a Secret Service guy. And he just looked down like, oh, God, here we go. It's like Flo in those progressive commercials talking to John Hamm. Oh, boy, you don't know what you're talking about. So while I say that, I said I don't like to do I don't like to do the double standard. I'm about to do that. But can you imagine if Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or anyone on the conservative side made 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 a, a comment like that? I was the only white guy there. And he went on and on to just basically just 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 sound like a complete buffoon. It's amazing the free pass this guy gets. Anyway. Getting back to my condition, I'm, I'm just, I, by the end of the day, I don't know what it is. I am just beat. And right now, I am just out of it. I don't mean to just, you know, just to tell you about my problems, but I, I think it's necessary, one, to explain why I wasn't here yesterday, and two, also to explain why unbelievably lethargic I am right now. And I looked at my calendar to see if anyone was in here. Are coming in today, and I kind of knew firsthand they weren't, and I'm very thankful for that because I don't know if I would have the energy to even turn around and look at people. Mm-hmm. I'm not even on Facebook right now. I just didn't want to set that up. I just, I just want to find out what's going on with me and get back to normal. I am not an old man. I'm not 60 yet, but I'm getting there. But I feel like I'm 97, and I truly mean that. So I don't know what it is. My colonoscopy was supposed to be the answer. I thought I'd have some in, in, internal issues. Nothing there whatsoever. I want to get down to the bottom of this. You're, talking, you're listening, rather, to a guy that never had COVID, tested I don't know how many times. I, I, I only want someone to diagnose me with something. If it's my death notice, fine. So be it. You've got to deal with that, right? You've got, you got things. We all do it sometime or another. Uh, but I'm not getting any answers. I thought the colonoscopy would give me an answer. I thought the endoscopy would give me answers. Instead, it's like, no, nope, you're fine. Blood pressure is perfect. So then why can't I walk up a flight of stairs without feeling like I'm going to drop dead? I don't get this. So I got to get this checked out. Uh, and I just, so I'm filling out this long, long form for this pulmonary office. It's, it's like, I, oh, my God. I hate filling out forms. It's interesting. My brother, Brian, who's done very well in his life, everyone has in the family, and he mentioned that he has a problem filling out forms. And I, I almost like, I, I, are you kidding me? So, so do I. I. I don't know what it is. It's just like I look at it like, oh, now I got to get references. Now I got to go back and find this. Did I fill this out correctly? Is this for in-office in use only? Ugh. So I got to fill that out and send it back. God only knows when I'll get an appointment because... You know, I went in, in May or April for my colonoscopy appointment, and I didn't have it until, what, a little over a week ago now. So, boy, getting in to see a doctor or a specialist, you're looking at at least 45 to 60 days or more. So hopefully I can at least recover between now and then so I can continue doing this show. Right now I'm just in a little bit of a bind uh, physically, and I, I really got to take care of this. Uh, so anyway, so uh, Joe Stanley may or may not be calling in at the bottom of the hour. I call, told him yesterday I wasn't going to be doing the show. I said call in on Thursday. If he does, that's fine. That's going to be at the bottom of the hour. But if you want to call in and, and express what's on your mind, by all means, give me a shout. 
You know the number. I'll give it to you. 315-755-1240. Excuse me. 315-755-1240 is the number. Uh, And just give me a shout. Thanks also to our friends at News Junkie for providing a link up on top to the uh, the streaming. There's been an issue with the streaming lately. Um, Jeff, I don't know if you mentioned this, thought that the company was paying for it. Jim said he was going to, uh, but as an oversight, he forgot. It is still streaming now. So whether or not Jim and and Ken Martin got together on that, I don't know. But I do feel bad that uh, Jeff was paying for it longer than I thought. That was supposed to be taken care of a long time ago. So sorry about that, Jeff. Uh, but I think Jim uh, finally uh, transferred everything over under the company name like he was supposed to. It's just an oversight. But, yeah, here's the article I was talking about earlier, News Junkie. I've nev- it's never been like this before. Uh, this from Ben Muir. Yeah, yeah, someone's asking me about testosterone level. I, You know, it's funny. I did have that checked years ago, even before I left here. And, uh, you know, I remember Dr. Doddard. Uh, injected something in the in the back end of my my, my back, and uh, you know, I, I, I just to, just to give me um, I don't know a little bit more of a manlyhood or something or other. That doesn't sound good, but nonetheless, uh, that was a while ago. I, maybe I should look into that again. I, I, I don't know. It's frustrating. Hi, you're in the air. Yes, Glenn. Have you uh, gone to a heart doctor? Well, is pulmonary? That's heart doctor, right? No. Oh, that's that's, that's, that's for your lung. That's, that's for, for your lung. Right. Uh, why? Why? It sounds like pulmonary should be a heart doctor. No, I I well, have it's it's all part of it. Right. Uh, a year ago, I was in the same position, and you know, and I uh, I walked three four miles every day, and I last August I happened to start walking, and I had a little shortness of breath. Yeah. And um, so I went home. Next day I did the same the same thing, you know, and I walked good hard every day. Yeah. So I called my son, and he said, get get to the doctors. So I thought I had COVID. Went up and, and coughing and got checked. She says, you haven't got COVID, but we want to check you over. Yeah. So they threw an EKG on me. Nice. And they come out of the office, and they said, call your son. Take it to the ER right now. They're waiting on you. Wow. You know, and I go, what? So I get there. I was in the ER for five five hours. I was in heart failure with fluid. And it screwed up my uh, different parts of the heart, and uh, you know, which which scared me pretty good. And I was yeah. in the hospital sure. three to four days, wow. and um, I didn't realize. I should have realized because he asked me, "Didn't you see yourself swelling up, or legs were heavy, or this and that?" Right. I guess I did, I just didn't pay attention. Right. You know, but I have uh, I um, got rid of. Over ten pounds of water in the first day and a half. And wh- ha- ha- explain that. So that was congestive heart failure at that point. But, yes, congestive heart failure. And he told me that this has been going on for a long time. It just just doesn't. What happened to me was like the two bottom chambers started messing up, and the top chamber tried to take over and got big because right. it's a muscle. Right. And then it wasn't getting rid of the fluids. Right. And um, so I was overloaded with uh, fluids, you know, and the girls at the house said, good thing you got here. Hmm. I had no heart attack, no stroke, no blockages, nothing. Right. But uh, luckily I was there. He said, your heart's very strong. And, uh, you know, I never smoked or uh, always in shape, always working out. And so 
maybe that helped me, you know, helped me. But uh, I, I had to go to the pulmonary, too. That's part of the recovery. Right. And they check your lungs and make sure your lungs are operating uh, all right. So it's been a, he said that he was going to try to, he's going to try all the heart medicines. And uh, instead of keeping me out of uh, St. Joe's and having put a, defib inside of me right you know right so so far it's working well let me ask, let, let me let me ask you did you have high blood pressure um originally i might have had some but uh after i've been on the meds for uh so long it's right down to uh normal and like my heartbeat's only uh at rest it's only 58 hmm. and let and me ask you another uh, question did, did you find yourself sweating a lot more often oh yeah yep Yep, there were things happening that I just didn't pay attention to, yeah. and uh, th- that's why I'm just telling you don't uh, don't just blow it off like I did. No, no, I won't. And, uh, I won't. Who knows what would happen if uh, you know if I wouldn't have get, or gone up to the. No, uh, I agree. I agree. Short wait and and found that out. Right. So, but like I said, it's been a year. Mm-hmm. The meds are working so far. I mean, I don't know where this will lead. You know, you don't know. Did you have Once you're in heart failure, you got to be treated the rest of your life. I know that sucks. I don't want to look into that. But you know, it sucks. The, the meds and stuff are very hard on you. Yeah. You know, but it keeps you alive. Yeah. Well, all right. You I'll know. take that under all advisement. Right, well, I mean, Thank just you. don't. Uh, if the pulmonary doesn't show your lungs all screwed up, right. I think you ought to see uh, uh, one of the heart doctors and. Uh, Willis is probably the best. Yeah, I know, Doctor Willis. I will do that. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you. See, the, the discouraging thing is is time, and filling out stuff. And I know that's crazy. We're talking about my own life here, uh, but it, it's discouraging because, like, you know, I I don't know if I could see a pulmonary guy or and then then you then you find out thirty days from now that well there wasn't that. So what are you going to do? I mean, I'm I'm turning it to my parents that they're you know in their eighties where every day they were going to another appointment. That was their day. Oh, we got to go here. Oh, we got to go to the eye doctor. Oh, we got to do this. I, was like, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. That's what it's turning into. Hi, hey, Glenn. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your no, no, no. issues. And I'm sorry to share it with um, everybody, but at the same time, I do get answers like that last one. So, I, But I need to explain why I wasn't here, and I just need to explain why I'm just... I just don't have you know the Glenn Curry energy uh, uh, right at this point, so I want to get it back. So what's going on? It's Donnie, Flat Earth Donnie. So um, I want to bring up the fact about you're vaccinated, right? Yes, I am. And you, you've said it many times that ever since you've got the vaccine is when you started feeling this way. It's my crazy correct? conspiracy theory. Yes, it is. Yeah, But at the same time, I'm not as young as you are. I'm not a young guy anymore. And maybe right. it's something else. But it does seem strange, Donnie, that, uh, and again, I, I just read uh, some country star died at 29 or 32 years old and I'm seeing all these crazy things, uh, athletes dying at 29, sudden death syndrome. Now, that happens. It's not the first time. You or I could die right now. But it, it's, it's weird because, you know, watching Tucker, and, and, and he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't bring it up that much because there's not enough data. But it seems as if something's up, Donnie. And I know you agree because you're not vaccinated. Right. But, but a lot of sure, these sure. issues have I'm come up after that. because... I don't want to go through what you're going through and what all these other people are saying. You're not the only one, Glenn. You have to understand, there's been thousands of people that say the same thing you're saying. Right. Yeah. By the way, Donnie, do you watch Fox News? Um, do you have cable? Not really. I don't even. 
I don't even own a television, so my if I get any information, it comes through my laptop or my phone. You don't own a TV? I refuse it because it's, it's television programming. The television is pretty much the worst thing an American person could have in their home. So you don't watch Gutfeld at night at 11 o'clock because he's number one now over all the other no, but late for night example, if, if, if Tucker says something, I'll, I'll, it comes up on YouTube. Like pretty much, I don't even, television, you don't even need one. But I don't like television because you have to, you're basically picking what programming you want to listen to. And, and they pick it for you. I, and it's funny because someone your age and younger, that has been the trend. But what is interesting right. is late night TV has been revolutionized because of Fox, and uh, and, and and Gutfeld was on uh, Tucker last night explaining how his show was created. That you know they said, hey, why don't you just do a show at night so to compete with these guys that are constantly bashing, uh, you know, the right right side of, uh, of 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 America? And he says, yeah, I'll do that. So you know they they got together and uh, they have hardly any writers. Someone today, I think it was either Jeff Graham or someone on the radio was excla- was explaining how. Steve Colbert has nearly 32 writers, 32 writers, and right. and, and all of them are just, I mean, so used to, or is in, do, in this, 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 the university, university of indoctrination, where every joke that comes out of uh, over, you know, two and a half dozen writers is just bashing the same people all the time. Donnie, could you ever imagine just you know going back and forth to work every day, making six figures, living and working in Midtown and Tri City area, writing jokes for Steve Colbert that constantly I would basically say the same thing? And I would be far from God. <laughs> it just amazes me, but you know, you know, whichever which, which whatever which way you get your income, God bless you. I mean, there's a, there's a baseball player called Bobby Bonilla that every early January, and I might have to go here, Donnie, because I think I have a call from uh, Joe. Uh, Bobby Bonilla has a, a, uh, this unbelievable contract with the New York Mets where he gets millions of dollars given to him, despite the fact that he hasn't thrown a baseball in over 15 years. But his clause was that he would get millions of dollars from the New York Mets organization under the Wilpon family for basically for the rest of his life. And I say, geez, what, I, I would be ashamed to grab take that money for doing nothing. But now as I get older, I said, of course they would take that money. So if if Steve Colbert wanted me to write and bash the Republicans, I would probably swallow my pride and, and take that money and live nicely and, and quite frankly do a very good job because I think I could be a good writer bashing the left or right. But at the same time, well, that, I just don't get it. On. 32 writers. It's the same way you feel, people, that's how people are doing but, it. No, but, but there's a difference. Doing the right thing, people are choosing money over what's right. Right. And I noticed uh, someone called up one of the shows, uh, the Dave Ramsey show the other day across town, and they were Christian and they felt bad for taking the $10,000 off their loans. And I yelled out loud in my Kia Soul. I said, Shut the hell up and take the money or take the money off or whatever you owe. Uh, uh, Pell program, which Donnie, I gotta go. This might be Joe, but good right. call. No problem. Joe, uh, Hi, you're in the air. So, don't you wish that you would have took like a loan last year for like nine grand, like a student loan, and then you could have just wrote it off. And you could have spent it like on a car or something. Is that how it works? It's crazy, right? Long time no see. You spend spend the damn money on anything you want. So, as long as you have a student loan, uh, it, it could be from like 50 years ago. You could. You you could you could take that off on this latest thing. I don't know the rules. Anything under t- anything under ten grand, if you don't make one hundred and twenty five a year. Wow. So you could, all right. So it's just as long as you have something associated with your student loan that you're still paying off. It could be like twenty thousand. It could be two thousand. So you would, and you're making it in, uh, under a certain amount of yearly income. 
Well, if I'm, you're under one hundred twenty-five thousand a year, you can kick off ten grand. Yeah. Well, you know, well, crazy Ray, you should have done that. Did you go to college? You're right. I should have. You're right. I should have got a nine thousand dollar loan and and bought a Monte Carlo off somebody's lot and. Right. Well, I could have been driving that for free. Monte Carlo, what a great car! What is the last year they? There's, there's one down on. There's one down near State Street on over when you make the turn to go up towards uh, wherever you're going on Twelve. There, there's, there's that guy's got a Monte Carlo. That thing is sweet. State Street, where? Oh, oh, oh going up uh, towards. When Carthage? you hit the end of State Street and make your run into Twelve, where I don't know what the, where you're going there. Yeah. You're going up to Burville. Yeah. Okay. There's a guy through there that's got that little lot there. He's got a sweet, oh, sweet, sweet yeah. Monte Carlo. Yeah, there. there's another one where Dora used to be uh, near, uh, uh, um, oh, jeepers, uh, Limerick, uh, Limerick, uh, t- towards oh, uh, really? Dexter. Yeah, I mean, he specializes. Uh, it's not Dora anymore. It's another guy in there. But he has old cars. Uh, but that Monte Carlo, the uh, the Buick Regal, you know, with the, the, with the, uh, the turbo. Yeah, and we could have had one. I know, but you didn't, Crazy Ray. Just like yeah, I know, we were we were stupid. It, like my father had a 1966 Chevy Chevelle that he sold for six hundred dollars, and that was a lot of money for a used car back in there. Well, you remember 70s. the old uh, the old uh, um, Chevy? Uh, what the hell was that car? The old sedan there that we I had we used there to do our filming and stuff. There. Yeah, I I had to sell it because the city got on me about it being there with no plates. I had it in the driveway with no plates, trying to fix something on it. Huh. And so I had to sell the goofy thing, which I didn't want to. Wow, you had a car in your driveway with no plates, and the city gave you a hard time. I, I did, yeah, a few years ago. It was like the, the, the Chevy Cutlass, or yeah, I mean the old. I should say the old, the old Cutlass. Yeah, I was going to say. And, uh, and you know, you seen that thing? It was pretty mint. An old lady literally did own it. Yeah, right from Pasadena. Yeah, it was a but, cream um, puff. Yeah, I had to get rid of it because they were screaming and howling. We're going to start finding you. We're going to find you. A few days, but I think my neighbor turned me in. It's too bad you didn't have that car in your driveway because they would have no one to inspect anymore because no one wants to do that type of work. Just like (laughs) no, no, really. I mean, I'm reading something right now. I get you, but it it sucks. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm sure my neighbor turned me in on it, and it's like. I, I put the, I called him up. I said, hey, you know, I'm sure my neighbor called up and said I got a car in the driveway. Which I just took the plates off in it, you know. I just got to fix something on it. I'm going to put it back on the roof. Nope, got to get rid of it. That sucks. Here, here, here's August, thir- August 30th. This was two days. Charles P. Donahue, chief of the Watertown Police Department, has never seen a shortage of offices and qualified applicants like this. The Watertown Police Department budgets 72 offices, but now 72 offices, by the way, uh, according to the Watertown Police budget for this fiscal year, they're down to 60. The department just yeah, added... Yeah, well, nobody f- wants to be an officer anymore. Well, let me see. The driving factors and, leading and to... why would you say that it would be? Well, uh, let me explain. The driving factors leading to a shortage of Watertown officers are public opinion of the job, which is, well, as yep. you and I talk about, and a considerable decrease in qualified applicants. About 120 candidates took the department's police exam last time in September, and of those applicants, two wound up being Watertown uh, police officers. So, and of course, as you know, they got billboards all over the place now, looking for Crazy Ray. It, I mean, you talk about danger now, danger, danger, Will Robinson. We are in for a unbelievable stretch of danger uh, in the upcoming years because we can't get qualified. We can't get anybody. To, well, yeah, to enforce, you, nobody uh, can. The streets I was of watching that deal there today on the online, where that guy got shot in his bed. Yeah, because he he turned around with a he had a vape in his hand. It looked like a gun to me. I mean, I would have blown him away too. Wow. 
But now that now everybody in the neighborhood is screaming, the cops were, you know, oh, you killed a guy in his bed for because he had a vape in his hand. Well, sounds I like I mean, the guy turned like right around when they opened the door right at him. Right, right. And they let him have it, you know. Is this a white black thing or what? You know, is this... oh yeah, they were all white officers, and it was a black guy. And, oh boy! And here we go. And, you know, it's unfortunate the guy died. Yeah, well, but, yeah, it's unfortunate he got shot. Here's the thing. Me being a white guy, yeah. cops are banging on my door and they're saying they're coming in. Right. I'm laying on the floor. Laying on the floor. Yeah. That's where I'm going. What, one more. I got to do a break. I'm way behind. But what about that uh, uh, young black lady that started beating up or, or slapping one of the police officers in New York City and then he knocked her down silly? And, and by the way, they were arresting her boyfriend for murder charges. Right. But the story the thing, turns in about her. The thing people don't understand when they're getting hit. Yeah. When they're hitting you, yeah. they want you to put your hands behind your back. Right. So they're hitting you so you'll reach and touch your back. Right. So all officers will do this. And you can count on it. When they're smashing you in the back or in the back of your head, right. they're, they're react. hoping you'll reach back there right. to, re- to prevent them from doing that, and then they'll put the handcuffs on your hand. Right. Well, or maybe they're so, t- so the best bet. So the best bet on this deal is when they say put your hands behind your back, right. slam them back there and say, okay, throw the clubs yeah, on me, take me to the... It's, it's, it's the ver- I'll figure it out there. It's the very reason that you and I are talking about it. There's no respect for the for to be a, a not not I respect him, you respect him, but this young lady didn't, and now she becomes the story. Here it is, a guy that's up for murder charges or at least allegations, and yet the story turns into this girl in in short shorts that was knocked on her ass because she was hitting an officer who had a knee jerk reaction, Crazy Ray, and knocked it to the ground, and now he's the story, not the culprit that started with us. Crazy Ray, I got to get going, but it's good talking to you. All right, man. I'll talk to you. That's Crazy Ray. We got to do a break. We'll be back after this. Kevin Fear from Mar- 30th, 2022. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm still looking to see when the president's going to be on the air tonight and where it's from. Can't wait. Tomorrow is Friday. By the way, tomorrow I'm going to be doing the football game from Carthage. Carthage plays Watertown. First time in years. Watertown now back in the uh, Section 3. I don't even know how they revamp things, but they're finally playing their cross-county rival. And I don't know if they're going to be playing Indian River at some time or another, but it, it makes more sense to do it this way. It really does. I, I don't know what was going through the mindset. I, I know Watertown over the years was struggling. Struggling. I don't care if the Jets are struggling. You're pretty. Remember Joe Namath when in that drunken stupor in Monday Night Football? So that's going to be tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, from Carthage. Uh, the rivalry has been resumed. It's going to be an interesting game because Watertown doesn't... I don't think Watertown even has any seniors anymore. But anyway, you play the game, right? Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. How you doing? What's happening? Hey, uh, just a couple of three, couple, three things. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, Crazy Ray could have kept his car if he had just moved it to the back of his property and put a tarp on it. Hmm. That's near state code. Gotcha. I know this because I'm a retired code right, enforcement right, officer. Right, right, So he should have done that. He would have been perfect. Right. Instead of leaving Next it in the is, yeah. Why do people that don't have a college education have to pay for everybody else's college education? Uh, well, wh- why? And there wh- is a time limit on it. Well, okay. Well, oh, there is. A, what is the time limit? Just curious. Uh, you had to have it within the past like three, four years. So if you paid off your loan like three or four years ago, you were SOL. Is that correct? Exactly. I spent $75,000 on my daughter's education. Right. How much did you spend? That was out of my pocket. How much? What? Seventy-five grand. Wow. 
Where is she? And she already had another 150. Is that is that for undergraduate or the whole Shabil? No, she she went to the Culinary Institute of America for a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. No, they, yeah, it's expensive. The private school. Where where is that, by the way? Like in France Poughkeepsie. or something? Poughkeepsie. Yeah, you spent all well Vassar's down there too. That's a lot of money. Wow! You better believe it, Mister. But I, she makes a lot of money. All right. Well, a, what, what, did it pay, did it pay off? Executive, executive pastry chef. All right, and and she's doing well. Oh yeah. She's not living up here, is she? No, she's in South Carolina, but she started out in uh, Las Vegas. Really. Worked in three different casinos out there. Ended up working for the uh, uh, Mandalay Bay. But yeah. They, they had the top floors. Right. Was the uh, whole one of the companies that just manages right, right, right. and does all that. Then she went to Hawaii. Huh. She lived on two islands out there, went to Grand Cayman. Wow. But okay, so but that, that's a lot of money. How do, you, how do you feel about this? I mean, did you ever see that confrontation between Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren and someone like you who had the same beef? It's like you're looking to relinquish a lot of money. And I paid, I, I don't know if he had paid his daughter or his kids through school, but he made the same argument you did right to her face. And she looked at him. Mm-hmm. So if you had an opportunity to go to Elizabeth Warren, who spurred this, spurred this to begin with, along with AOC, what would you tell him? This is not fair. Why does a person that, like I, I heard it on another show, why does a person that drives a bus or cleans a house that never went to college have to pay for these people? On, let me let me challenge you on something else. Why is it people with no kids still have to pay pr- uh, school tax uh, in their in any given neighborhood in America? What say you about that? Well, I'm with you on that. I'm a retired firefighter. Uh, I've been retired for three years. Right. I still pay my school taxes. Matter right. of fact, it just came the other day. Right, right. That's the I'm other part of the argument. Check. Right, right. You know, no problems. I'm, you know, I, I love the school district that where I live. Right. They do a great job. Yeah, I'm sure they do. They they do a great job everywhere around here. Um, you know, yep. d- despite the fact that yes, even teachers and uh, and, and administration uh, are having problems getting teachers. If you see in the uh, in the want ads on Indeed, that I I just I don't see. I all I know is this: in, in order to be a police officer, one you got to be young, you got to be in good shape, uh, you have to have a g- very good aptitude, and you can't have a criminal record. Uh, exactly. and, and those are those are big factors. So, it, it, needless to say, when they had the test last September, they only had two guys that they that actually passed and were qualified for this. What the hell are we going to do as far as public safety is concerned? Not just for the police, but for the uh, the sheriff's department transporting uh, uh, this, that, and the other thing. We're going to get to the point where we're just going to we're we're, we're going to do exactly what we did in Augensburg with the uh, with the mentally ill. We're going to prescribe more people. Uh, no, seriously. Or we're going to put um, you know ankle bracelets around people. Uh, to make sure, and, and then we're going to have to get people to watch them. It's going to be a dangerous world. It's almost turning into a bad 70s apocalyptic sci-fi movie uh, like uh, Soylent Green, people living on stairways and in, on, on top of one another. We laughed at that when yeah. those movies came out. By the way, that movie takes place in 2022, for the record. Wow, yeah, here we are. <laughs> and it doesn't take much for a neighborhood to go bad. On uh, On Facebook, they have an interesting thing. They use Google Maps. And they go in, and typically they'll go into a neighborhood like Detroit, and they'll show a, a house from Detroit in like 2008. Then they'll show it in 2011. 
Then they'll show it in 2013, and it's completely abandoned, either burned down, and you can see the surrounding neighborhood. The reason why I bring that up, sir, is it doesn't take long for a house to no, start to fall apart. It doesn't take long for a body to start to age, uh, you know, because especially if you're ailing health or you get to that point where all of a sudden a part of your body is breaking down. I see this, like here it is, it's, it's September 1st, 2022. God only knows what September 1st, 2025, 2026 is going to look like. I hope it looks good. I know you want it to look good. Me too. But my goodness gracious. So, back yeah. when I was working for the code enforcement officer. Right, right. Uh, I used to have houses that I was after uh, for months right. and years, and nothing ever happened. Right. And why so? Because the courts wouldn't take so take care of it. So the house would literally start falling apart because you couldn't get you know what what was necessary done. Well, right? you got a guy that lives in California, right, or right, whatever. Right. They don't care. These people buy them sight unseen. Why do they buy I something? I had and one girl yeah. that I was condemning the house. She was running the garden hose from the hose, uh, from the water main. Yeah. Where it came into the house. Yeah. I go. You don't even have water. She goes. Yes, I do. Here's my hose. Oh, your toilet, your shower, right. your thing was just totally destroyed. So what? And, and, and she goes, "Well, I just paid four hundred dollars and for rent to this guy." Oh, so she was squatting on some crappy property. Well, that no, wasn't she actually to... paid the rent. Wow, four hundred bucks. Jeepers! But this guy never saw. He saw a picture of the building when it was in fairly decent shape, right? And then rented it to this girl. She was probably eighteen years old. How, how many? Know any better? How many years ago was this, by the way? Uh, probably seven. So seven. Se- uh, and have you seen that house since? Yeah, they, they redid it. Uh, okay, else bought it and they redid it. All right, so that one was saved from the from the, you know the, the. Yeah, no, they did a beautiful job on it. Oh, that's good. That's good. But could you write a book about your experiences, and would people find it interesting? Oh. No, when we were in, when I was in code enforcement, we had a running thing. Is this stuff can't happen? Right, and it does. <laughs> yeah. What what, what was it? What was the craziest thing you ever saw within reason? Other than the hose. There was a place over on the east side. Yeah. The went in there. The family was in there. The kids were chasing around right. rats in the house oh with my, pellet pistols. Oh my god. Because there was so much garbage in the house. They, they were it took us a day and a half with the DPW, with uh, front-end loaders and packers, a day and a half. Is that house still Is that house still standing? Yep. Somebody bought it and rehabbed it. So you literally walked into a situation where they were using pellet guns to shoot live rats inside the house? Yeah, there was four-year-olds running around with pellet pistols shooting rats. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How many years ago was that? Uh, well, I'm still in uniform, so it's probably about 10 years ago. God, unbelievable. Good stuff, my friend. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Yep. Hey, and one, one last thing. Yeah. Why does SGB a sniper caller? Uh, you mean at the very... calls in the last couple minutes of the show. Well, his reasoning is he wants me. He wants to absorb everything and then have, you know, he who laughs last, laughs loudest. So, you know, that's, okay. that's I, his I, I copy. So, there you go. All right, thank you. Thank, thank you, you Glenn. Again. Thank you. Wow. That's our... our that's an interesting scenario there. By the way, I was thinking, I was talking earlier to someone. I said, you know, 
the play, the, you know, uh, I, Rob Reiner, otherwise known as Meathead from the All in the Family, he was on Bill Maher's show last Friday. And Bill Maher, of course, when Bill Maher is a sensible man, I can't watch Bill Maher when, when Donald Trump was president uh, or uh, the George Bush or any, any type of any time when, when the land is being ruled by a conservative person, which for all practical purpose, purposes will never happen again. So now Bill Maher has to at least make it interesting. Inst- instead of jumping on the Steve Colbert bandwagon, he's asking the question, whoa, wait a minute. Why do we do it this way? So he brings on big-time liberal Hollywood guys like Rob Reiner. And Rob Reiner is probably the most liberal Hollywood guy out there living in a whole world of denial where he couldn't even admit that the whole Hunter Biden laptop story was, in fact, false. And he was like, shaking, no, it's not. How do we know that? I said, because it is. And Bill Maher's looking at him. What's the matter with you? It's just, it's, it's just intensely amazing how bad these people are. But, you know, Rob Reiner knows better. All these people know better. Steve Colbert knows better. But the more you say it, the more your base will pay attention to you because they don't want to look at anything other than just the hatred towards conservatives and, more importantly, the hatred uh, towards Donald Trump. So it, I started thinking, boy, if I were writing, writing for The Onion or Babylon B, I I don't know what happened to The Onion. Babylon B seemed to have replaced it like VHS did over Betamax or something. And that's all I see now is Babylon B. And I see a lot of Babylon B on Facebook. I also see the controversy behind it because uh, Google and Facebook and other social media entities have, have, have uh, gone against it, have taken them off, off uh, uh, social, their platforms. So I'm thinking, what would be a good you know, uh, fake article for either The Onion or Babylon B? And I thought of one. You, know, you get deniers like uh, Rob Reiner, you get people out there that are so, so angry towards white conservatives, and that's what it all comes down to. We, uh, we have to admit that. But I, I would imagine, wouldn't it be funny, and I'm sure one of, one of these entities have, has already done it, a picture of a person on their deathbed, and they need a heart transplant or, or a pancreas transplant or a liver transplant, but refuse to, uh, or one, you know, in this particular case, this is all fake, by the way, where they refused a transplant from someone because they found out they voted for Donald Trump. Now, you and I could laugh at that. And, ah, it's not funny. But you know what? There's some valid truth to that, too. It would not surprise me if someone who's uh, desperate to stay alive, to need a vital organ. We can't live without a pancreas. We can't live without a liver. We can't live without a heart. But I would imagine there are people today that would actually, would ap- if somehow or other they found out that the donor, no longer alive anymore, died in a car crash, but wrote at some time or another at the DMV, says, yes, you could take my organs to someone who needs it. And that, right next to that says, oh, registered Republican, that the person would go ape you know what and say, no way, I would rather die or wait. You think that's outrageous, don't you? You think that's an article for the Onion of Babylon B. Think again. That can actually be true. I got to do a break. Let's do it right now. We'll be back. Roof looking older than your limited time, U.S. only. Hey, isn't the word waffle a funny name? Waffle. Waffle, waffle, waffle. That sounds like what, uh, you know, uh, Pac-Man, you know. Waffle, waffle, waffle. Wah, 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 wah. Waffle. He waffled his way through that discussion. Waffle. 
right. So anyway, uh, let me turn this off before because we're going to be going into CBS News very shortly. Uh, here's an article I, I took out of nowhere. Californians are moving to, of all places, Mexico City. And not many people in Mexico City are thrilled about it. Uh, while a lot of people are, you know, choosing to move to places like Idaho, Texas, you know, the Carolinas, Florida. The L.A. Times reports a similar problem in Mexico City where Americans, many of them from California, are fleeing not just, uh, not just their state but their country in order to take advantage of a much lower property values in Mexico City. This all started during COVID-19. Walkable quarters such as Roma, Condesa, Central, all these cities around there are, are much more affordable. The reasons for the influx are mostly financial. The article notes that while $2,000 of rent won't get you much in Los Angeles or San Francisco, that's enough to rent a penthouse apartment in Mexico City. But the locals are sick of Americans who are gentrifying this city. Can you believe this? I mean, this is the opposite of what we've been seeing. I mean, people literally walking here with their iPhones. Most of them are young 20-year-old uh, Latino men. They're coming here, and, and, and not everyone's happy about that, but nothing. we can't do anything about it. Uh, the Texas governor is sending them to other cities, and they're making they're calling them racist, including uh, Lori Lightfoot there. Uh, so a 38-year-old university uh, professor down in Mexico City labeled the trend modern colonialism. It's just amazing. You just, you just can't win. By the way, the last place in the world, I would never leave this country, but if I had a choice, I would never go to Mexico for obvious reasons. <coughs> but these people are. Uh, Mexico City is is a cosmopolitan area, I guess. If you can deal with the with the air quality, which I hear is horrific, but it's it, when when it's when you reverse the process, it's still wrong. Colonialism. Amazing how much money is going to this crappy city, and yet they don't even like that. AM twelve forty W E ten and water time makes us legal. Up next, of course, CBS News. We'll see you tomorrow. This is CBS News on the hour, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Matt Piper in New York.